So mm -hmm. we're almost on the on the magical hour of two o'clock in New York City area, seven o'clock in the UK, and eight in <laughs> Europe from all the people that are tuning in, especially in the UK. They all just got home from working their hard day and they are now getting a chance to meet one of their heroes at their own house on their laptop or phone. <laughs> so listen, listen, listen. Listen, I'm in my townhouse. I'm in the penthouse for you guys. Yeah, I came to the penthouse. Pen he's in the penthouse. I'm in the penthouse for you guys. Penta, penta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I had to make it special, baby. I know. I hear you. Okay, so here we are, 2 o'clock. Welcome to yes. True House Stories. This week's edition, we go into the penthouse of Mr. Tony Lee. He brings us into hey. his house. <laughs> You know, there was a yeah. show that used to be the rich and famous. This is more about the musical famous that we know. The ones that had <laughs> a chance to have champagne and caviar dreams. And this man is part <laughs> of a generation that I call that's one of the most important changes in our music was when the Paris yeah. introduced these wonderful black vocalists that were iconic. They didn't even know they were iconic. Their music made them iconic. And next thing you knew, they became superstars on the radio <laughs> from the likes of Frankie Crocker on WBLS in New York. So, Tony Lee, I'd like to welcome you to the, another edition tonight of True House Stories. And we are so delighted and, and appreciative that you were able to clear your schedule. But before I even have him speak, this is what I want to say. I met Tony yes. Lee in the 80s at a party <laughs> when he jumped was just happening and he sang for in park slope brooklyn and that's right we have now been reunited thanks to mr victor simonelli and i told victor this about 20 years ago i said i met tony a long time ago back yeah. in brooklyn and tony is as brooklyn night as they come brother they ain't no more brooklyn than tony lee no so, doubt jelly bean we must thank him at the fun house for breaking your record and on all the oh, djs yes. and Mr. Larry Levan, especially Mr. Frankie Crocker, who's no longer with us, who helped yeah, my hero. make your record a record heard from coast to coast. We'd like to welcome no other than Mr. Tony Lee. Thank you, Mr. Tony Lee. I wish I had the audience. Thank <sighs> you. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I thank you so much to everyone there. Peace and love and blessings. Everybody reach, reach to the top. Everybody reach up, don't stop, don't stop. Everybody reach, reach to the top. Uh, don't stop. How you doing? <laughs> first of all, Tony, first question I ask every artist that has done this. We know you were yes, born from a mother and father. This, oh, part yes. we, this part we know. But where does Tony Lee become Tony Lee from the little Tony Lee to where we know him today? Musically speaking, you know, how does Tony become who he became? Where did this all begin for well, you? Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful, brother, for humble beginnings of, of Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn. You know, my family uh, was a musical family uh, from a church, Mount Lebanon Baptist Church, MLBC, in that house. Uh, my mother, my grandmother, they sang. My, my grandfather had a big jazz band called John English and his society orchestra, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And my brother, Arnie Love, you might remember from the song, I'm Out of Your Life, on, on Profile Records, was number one in, um, 
in the UK in 85. And so from that beginning, my brother was in doo-wop groups. And they would come over the house, you know, and they'd be singing Herbie and the Cats and my brother. And, uh, and it was an upright piano in our living room. And I didn't play piano, but I always tinkle around with it. And hearing the, the music coming from my grandfather and his friends uh, in the basement, uh, rehearsing for a show, and my brother, music just got into my DNA, bro. And it's still in my DNA today. <laughs> wow. So yes, well, who was your inspiration? Okay, so besides your brother being a big inspiration influence, who was your musical inspirations that got you to, to find the oh. roots from the church side? Well, 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 brother, from the R&B world, you know, you're talking about the Temptations, the OJs, uh, you're talking about Motown, you know, and Stax, you know, Philly International, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, you know, all of those, the greats uh, that I grew up with, I grew up with loving music so much. My, I, my mother would see me and I would buy singles and I'd be writing down who wrote the song and who arranged the song. And, and that stuff interested me from when I was like 13, 14. And my mom's was the one that heard me singing one day when I was 13 years old in my room. And she came in and said, she said, who is that? And I said, it's me. She said, you can sing. That's all I needed, bro. <laughs> That's all I needed. Tony Lee was about to, was about to arise. Wow. And I was 13. Yeah. At 13. Yeah, man. So do you have any musical training, formal musical training, as far as vocals <coughs> yes. uh, or, or keyboard uh, instrumentation wise? Well, I have training. I, I went to the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music for two years. I studied voice. Uh, uh, his name was Mr. Arthur, I believe. And uh, I, I, I did some uh, off-Broadway off stuff. I did Guys and, Doll, uh, Guys and Dolls, right? I was stubby, the Stubby K character. Um, and um, then I was in bands. Bands, uh, I guess, what's the, the, well, the groups? Let's go groups first. Uh, Black Renaissance, when I was 17. Chocolate um, uh, Penetration. But I was at 2021, and that was the first big group I was in in Brooklyn. We were the best acapella group you ever wanted to hear. We blow everybody away, and I mean everybody. And uh, from then, I went to a band called um, Sundurance, and that was uh, and I was a lead singer of Sundurance. And then from there, I went on the, to uh, to uh, venture out into into solo work, and uh, Nikki Brady. Remember a song called Sure Shot? Ain't no way we can lose. Sure well, Nikki Brady, myself, and Colonel Abrams, the one and only, not gonna let. <laughs> I'm not gonna let. Rest, rest his soul. Uh, we all worked at American Express and, and my cousin Derek from, from um, Status Quo. We worked there at the same time. We wait all a minute. did. Let me, let me have this correct. So wait. Yeah. Colonel Abrams, who did speculation? Ooh, hoo, hoo. You right. who, yep. who, who. So <laughs> who found who found who? Wait. So you had you had Colonel, you, yeah. your cousin yeah. from Status Four. Who else? And Nikki Brady. And Nikki who, Brady. Who, that's right. your shot. That's your shot. That's right. That's right. The Tracy that's Weber right. record, the one that Ray Mariano right. signed. Yes, I remember that record very well. Yes. And we all worked at the same time. And I remember going to Colonel. I first met Colonel. And, and Colonel had stature. It maybe it was because of the name. When I first met Colonel, and me and some of the guys from the group Penetration, I was in Jesse Mayfield, my good friend actor in L.A., um, we went to his house. And, uh, and at the time, his wife and his son, and, and uh, I think his name was uh, uh, Freeman. I can't think of his, his first name. But that was his brother. And, um, and, and uh, he was singing. 
and we started joining in, man, we were harmonizing. It was in a, a marvelous time. And neither one of us had any records out at all. None. It was just the love of the music, you know? And then from there, from there, for me came Reach Up. And Colonel Morrison, Morrison Freeman, that's his name. Uh, Colonel Morrison used to come to my shows, uh, the 80, 82, 83. Um, and then he called me and he told me, he said, he said, T, he said, I got a jam coming out called Trapped. And I was like, really? I said, hey, man, I'm happy for you. Well, brother, <laughs> when Trapped came on the radio, it was all over. So <laughs> I had reached, he had Trapped. And from there, from there, we kept going, man. That was, amazing, That right? was the Boy Jarvis, Timmy Registered thing for Colonel. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Was, so now who was behind the Reach Up thing that was going on for you? Who discovered you for doing Reach Up? Well, now, now that story goes to Nikki Brady, who worked with me at American Express, a producer and writer of uh, the Tracy Weber song. He knew a lot of people. And me and him, by the way, fun story. We used to give halftime or lunchtime concerts, right? And in the in the, the lunchroom downstairs, and and we be we be slaying them, we be slaying them, brother. We did all the hits of the day, and uh, and he introduced me to Eric Matthew slash Joe Tucci, who had Radar Records uh, in the '80s out of Queens, and so he set up an appointment for me to go meet him, and I had a demo, and I remember the, the demo. Wow, it, how 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 time comes back in your mind, bro. The demo had three songs, Hooked on You, Be My Love Tonight, and You and Me. And, uh, and Eric Matthew of Radar Records, he loved Hooked on You. And that's how we met. That's how we met. And, and his studio was in a garage, in a garage around Liberty Street in Queens, or Liberty Avenue in Queens. I took the A train there, baby. I know exactly where it's at those own park area, because I went to high school right. in that area. I know where his that's studio where his was. mother and father lived in, in the house and, and the studio was a garage turned into a recording studio. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Beginnings, baby. So, Beginnings. So, so, so paint that picture for someone that's across the ocean. You know, this is real okay. New York back then. This is, this is real New York. Like, you know, <laughs> describe this, what this was like to somebody. You know, you're coming from listen, Brooklyn on the train on the A train. On the A train, you come Yes, sir. In. So tell us the story. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm on the A train, and I'm a little apprehensive. Never met him before. I talked to him on the phone. But you know when you get that apprehension that something good is going to happen. So I'm on the A train, and I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. Get off at Liberty. I walk over to his house, and I meet him. Short guy, had a little beard. But there's something pleasant about him. Met his mother and, and father. And, uh, and we get in the studio. And I'm like, it was like Wonderland for me. You know, here's, here's, here's these instruments and these keyboards and all of this. And the, he had a big 24 track board set up like the window right above the board. And inside we had mic'd, you know, for the uh, singers. And, uh, and we hit it off, man, immediately. You know, uh, Eric was the kind of guy that he could hear something like that, like that. And I remember there was another guy there named uh, Nick Chisano, who was working as an engineer. And, uh, and when we started working, just getting ideas, I remember telling, um, uh, telling Eric and Nick, actually, I said, I hear the bass sound, the ba-boom, 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 So Eric said, stop, stop. So, so he went on the Moog synthesizer and he started playing it. I was like, yeah, man, that's it. And then I said, I said here's the synth line. 
and he played that. And from that was the, what we started to formulate what this was, okay? So we're all excited, man. We started like, okay, this vibe is good. So he said, well, listen, go home, write some lyrics, ideas, come back. I'm on the same A train, Lenny. And the lyric came to me, hey, what's wrong with you? You're looking kind of down to me, hurting inside, because things ain't getting over. I was like, yeah. So I wrote it down. By the time I got to my house in Park Slope, I called him and he said, love it, love it. What else you got? Then the rest of it started to flow out, started to flow out. By the time I got back to him, lyrically, I had the whole song, the wow. whole song. So, so, so I, said, I know how long that train ride I know that train yeah. ride, you gotta go to the F train. You gotta catch the A to the F. I think it was Hoyt Skimmerhorn or something, right? That's right. That, that, <laughs> no, 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 actually, no. It was the A train uh, going out, and I might have had to transfer to the J. One of those, bro. What was the A train going yeah, out? Yeah, there was two trains in the Park Slope. Because I used to, That's right. to go to, to your area. I know I know exactly. I, it's been a long time, but I remember that. Hey, listen, it's funny. You're speaking of D train. The D train went to 7th Avenue. That's right. That's why I got it from Walk Down. <laughs> Check that out. Check right. that out, brother. So you, everybody, you see when he's talking, he sounds like the record, right? Is it crazy? He's pointing, he's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Hey, <laughs> hey what's wrong Did with you? you? You're I'm... looking kind of down to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that good stuff, man. <laughs> Did you have any idea Eric Matthews was Gary's gang at the time when you went to meet him? No, no, I didn't. Not, not, when, I, not when I first met him. But then afterwards, we started talking about his career and he was telling me about Gary's gang. I said, yo, man, you're the one that they keep on dancing? He said, yeah, I said, I said, I'm honored, bro. I'm honored, because <laughs> I love that record, Keep On Dancing. So did I everybody. saw them, I'm telling you. I think after a while, maybe a couple of weeks later, that they taped it, I guess, maybe six, seven months ahead of time, when I saw them on American Bandstand, Gary's Gang. And I was, I was really impressed then, Lenny, very. I said, okay, this, this is gonna do something. You know what I mean? So how many sessions was the actual vocals, all that good stuff to get the ending to what we heard? What was that <laughs> entail for you? What was that like? Well, I would say uh, for my part, first of all, to my fans, the legion of fans around the world, thank you. Because you have kept the Reach Up record alive for almost going on 40 years. There's over a hundred different mixes all over the world. I thank you so much. I want to let you, let you know that from the bottom of my heart. Um, I did all the vocals on Reach Up, Lenny. All the voices you hear on Reach Up are mine. He would have me go in and lay down a baritone, then lay down a tenor, then lay down a first tenor, then, then, then lay down some other notes. And before you know it, that's where the harmony started to bloom. So I would say for myself and doing lead, lead was quick because I was inspired, he was inspired, and he had a great way of just maneuvering you in the booth, just giving you little, little hints here and there, and then letting your soul just come out, of, of the, come out within the music and be able to, to uh, have a, a grit and a groove. And um, I would say for me, I did it in about maybe three sessions. Now for him and Nick Chisano, they were in there a little bit longer because I remember at that point he had that process that he would take records to the garage. And so there's no, Hold there's it. no. Stop, 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 stop. Yes. Say, say it once more. Say the, the exact, not the garage where you were working in, but what garage are you talking about? <laughs> 
Because these people have to know yep. this. You have to explain this whole thing. Oh, okay, okay. There was a club. I can call it a club. I can call it a sanctuary. <laughs> in, in New York called the Garage. And it was the biggest and best in New York, hands down. And he had the one and the only Larry Levan. And he was, he was, he was the DJ. Uh, he had other great DJs, but Larry was the man. And so if you want to get, uh, uh, see what's going on in dance music, which later really infiltrated and turned into house music, that's where you went. And you went there and, and you were able to play some of your stuff and see what the grooves were like. So I know that's one thing that, that Eric had did, had done. He went there uh, with the Reach Out record demo, or at that time, remember Acetates? Yes, remember sir. that? We're going back now, bro. Acetates. And he went there with that and he was testing it. And, and the test was turning out positive, very positive. And so after that, you know, maybe like about a month yet? later, he pressed did it up. You, were you going to the club at all yet? Or did you go later? When did you see this record for the first time? experience that the record you made and the and the explosion of this record when was that experience okay for the very first time is is two times as memorable my partner my video partner now if you go on youtube all my videos are done by gb buzzy who now lives in atl and uh, at that time he started off as a dj and uh, he was at club ecstasy in brooklyn right kenny floyd and all those great, William Day and all those great people. And um, he asked me to come down with the acetate. So Eric had given me the acetate to, to play to different places in Brooklyn. So I did, and I brought it to him and man, he played it. I never forget this as long as I live. He's one of my dearest friends. He played it, he's playing it. He came out the booth. He said, man, this is awesome. He said, awesome. He was so excited. It was unbelievable. And he said, this is a monster hit, brother. And the people in the club at that time, I guess they heard him, you know? And, and they were like, wow. And they started dancing. And that's, that's the first time. Maybe about a week later, maybe a little more, two weeks later, uh, I'm driving down uh, Atlantic Avenue and it comes on the radio. It comes on WBLS, Tony Lee, and the new record, Reach Up. And man, I almost crashed, brother. <laughs> it was it was intense. It was intense, brother. You that know, was and my a brother life changing experience, right? Life changing experience. An amazing, an amazing experience. I'll never forget. Never. And I've had many other records, but that first experience stays with me forever, forever. Just an amazing time. Who amazing. brought this record to? Who brought the record to WBLS to Frankie Crocker? Who was it? Well, I'm going to say that at the time, because I think this was, if I'm not mistaken, the first or the second record on Radar Records, I believe he had some promo people and somebody in his promo uh, situation brought it up there to them. And, and they, they liked it immediately. Immediately they played it, brother. It was like no hesitation. You know what I mean? So, uh, so thanks for the, to those promo people that were working with Eric and Radar Records because they helped to break it easy. Easy. Wow. Yeah. Great times, so, man. So, so 1982, 83, your life changes totally. Yes. Do you see the world from this? Do you start to travel? What starts from this point? Rec records being played on New York radio, of course, the endorphin levels are through the roof. All your people are calling you. You're now becoming 
from club to club, strength to strength, as we called it back then, playing yeah. every show you can get. Where does this record <laughs> take you from there? Brother, at that time in the journey, um, the one thing I knew, I knew I was going to be successful. Now, when I didn't know, but I knew I was putting in the right ingredients, right? I, I was, I was, uh, had a band and I was working with the band and we were gigging at different places. And um, I, I was very much involved with my church uh, and the choir. I was still in part singing with the choir. And, uh, and uh, everybody was calling me. All my friends are calling me. And, and, and the club owner started calling me and says, is that you? And I said, yeah. So before you know it, man, it just, it blew up. And I mean, blew up that, I was getting like 50, 60 phone calls a day, bro. <laughs> it was insane. My People. neighbors in Park Slope, Carlos being one, downstairs, yeah. you know what I mean? They, they were like, they were like, we got a star in the house. And it was, uh, it was an incredible feeling to share that with my neighbors of all colors, of all races. If you remember Park Slope, Park Slope was like a little small utopia of yes. people. Yes. And, uh, and the people just responded. I would come out of my house sometimes, man. It, it, this was insane. Come out of my house and people would start clapping. <laughs> they would start applauding. Me just coming out my house, bro. I was I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to that at all. So so for in that was love. They were showing me love. But you have and, to understand that's that you you're one of us that actually crossed over and made it. That was you yeah, back right. then. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lenny, first record. Now that's the great part about it, bro. Listen, first the, record. Yeah, crack the first record out. Boom. <laughs> and listen, listen, let me tell you. Fresh record success is a blessing and a curse, okay? Because you're gonna get trying to, that. to We're gonna get to that first record. We're going to get to that in a minute because you know I'm going right that way. So Come we're, on, talking, bro. we're talking about the bright lights and the sexy city yeah. and all that. You got it all coming around you. Everybody's calling you. People don't understand how that feels when your phone don't ring. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you get yeah. 60 to 100 phone calls a day from everywhere. Everybody. Yeah. Who's this? It ain't you. <laughs> it ain't you no <laughs> way. What? It's crazy. <laughs> crazy in the good way, though. Crazy in the good way, bro. Your, and, your, and then, track, your track was was categorized at the end of disco and before house. So what would they genre right. back at that time? What would it be genreed as for the people to understand? Well, I, I think it was more dance. You know, the whole dance, WKTU, you know, BLS, Kiss, all of that. They, they were into playing um, uh, dance music. Frankie Crocker told me this himself, that that at times he would go to the garage of different clubs and hear what they're playing. He told me this. And he would hear what they're playing and see if, if it fit his format. Then he would bring it back and put it, because he's a program director, he would put it into the format. So Frankie was right on top of it, man. Like he knew what was going on in all the clubs around the city. He knew it. And so he knew what people were dancing to, what was hot, you know what I mean? And so, so that I think that was a a great time for us as artists, especially being involved in dance, R&B music, because Frankie was, he was right there, man. He was right there. And, 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 and thank God for it, for all the artists that, you know, I had success during that time, you know, myself, D-Train, Will, you know, we can go on and on, Paul Simpson, you know, all of us. Man. Oh yeah. There's a lot of great names came out of that Paradise Garage. Larry Joseph, yeah, names go on and on. It's unreal what yeah. that came from the garage. Garage was a, 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 what I call like a, a rocket ship, 
because there's a microcosm yeah. of different nationalities and generations all in one room. So if you had a record that blew away that dance floor, that was like a, a sign of New York City. You That's knew right. if that record was going to make it there, you knew it was going to make it everywhere. Everywhere, brother. Every And, and Lenny, to, to, to answer the second part of your question, clubs. What club did I not play? Well, let's what hear that. Club which club did you, so which club didn't invite you to play? <laughs> how about how about none? How about no club invited me not to play? So let me I give you some names. Here we go. Regine, yep. Bentley's. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Leviticus. Yep. Yeah. Wait, stop. At Leviticus, I played I played their tracks twice. The third time I brought my band, right? The Tony Lee band, an eight-piece band. And and at that show was Phyllis Hyman. She was just in there. And when it was over, she came up and congratulated me. And I kissed on, she kissed me on my cheek. I didn't wash my cheek for like a year, bro. Phyllis <laughs> <laughs> is right here with me. But because she was stunningly beautiful and so gifted and talented, man. So gifted and talented, bro. So, so yes, continue, go ahead. What else? <laughs> Zanzibar. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Club sure. 280. Club, yep. Yeah, Sensations. Sensations. Roseland. I yes. mean, there's, there's thousands of clubs. Palladium. You played them brother, all. Brother, brother, I played them all. Let me Bonds, tell you one of the greatest. I think you even played, I think, if I remember correctly, I think you did Barnes International, too. Oh, uh, uh, did I ever? Did I, I remember doing Barnes International. And at the time, my, my brother-in-law was, was working with me as my road manager. And he couldn't believe the crowd. He was a young cat, Lenny. And he couldn't believe the crowd. He said, "Man, you big time, son." He was, he was, he, he was just, the women, everything for him. It was like, "Listen, I ride with, you, I ride or die with you, bro, because so, this is happening." This so here's is happening, the question. Man. Here's the question. Yeah. During yes. those times when the record hit, what was your rider like? For example, going to the club, what were you expecting? What was asked of the club to provide you? Limousines, such as such certain people that they want limousines. What was your rider like? Yeah. Well, well, mine was the limousine was a part of it without question. And and also because you know, even during that time, and even more so now, you know, I, I'm a health enthusiast. During that time, I, I, I was even more so. And so I had to have fruit, you know, grapes, oranges, stuff like that. I had to have in the limousine in my in my uh, dressing room, I had to have uh, tea. I was a big Kentucky fried eating boy at that time so you had to give me the crunchy kentucky listen the crunchy not the regular one baby not the original the hot spicy, the, crunchy. The hot, spicy crunchy one <laughs> it had to be in the dressing room brother i had the chicken to oil up the voice baby <laughs> so that and, and sometimes i would like flowers it was nice uh and, and just i'm big on smells and aroma so we'd have to have it smelling good. You know what I'm saying? Like, because a lot of my people, family, you know, everybody wanted to be in the dressing room, bro. Everybody. So, you know, th that, that was important to me. And, uh, and uh, like as a transportation to and fro, you know, and, um, and, and just uh, have friends of mine, like they like wine, that kind of thing. And I've had a little wine every now and then. But for me, it was all natural stuff, bro. Not because that, 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 that's been my calling card, being in this business as long as I have. You know what I mean? 
so that so that 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 pretty much was it was nothing wild or outlandish no i mean dixon you were married you already married with kids i guess i was bro so the only outlandish thing was you were probably thinking about like all of us is i gotta go home pay bills now after this is over (laughs) (laughs) pay the bills son listen i'll give you a short short story at that time um i had three gigs in one night it was um it was zanzibar it was a fun house with jelly bean and uh, Zanzibar Jelly and and, um, and Club 88, same night, same gig, same night. And I uh, did all three gigs in the limousine, uh, my, in the limousine, uh, at the time, my wife, my, my road manager, the background singers, you know, went in there, bro. And I remember, brother, counting 10 grand. Just that one night's work, three clubs, 10 grand. And we were in the limo, and this is 82, 83, going over the bridge. And I'm saying, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Can we keep this ride going, baby? Because this no, you can say, you can say, no, you keep going. Life's good. Life, Life is good. oh damn good. <laughs> Life is good, sir. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> so now you're ten thousand dollars richer. Of course, there's a lot of gigs going on. What was the yeah. greatest gig at that time for you that stands out? The greatest gig. Whoo. So many, brother. I'd have to say the Copacabana. Copacabana, I'd, I'd always wanted to play it. I was a big fan of the Rat Pack back in the day with, with Sinatra and, and Sammy and all those great guys. I was a kid, but I was very much influenced by that whole genre of what they did and, 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 and them performing there separately and t- together at the Copacabana. That, that was, that was a, a big thing for me, man. And, and the Red Parrot. Red Parrot was the other one. That was another big thing for me, you know, as, as, that, was, that was a biggie, you know, because I knew that the, the, the acts that are going there before me, and now I'm going to be one of the acts playing. The Garage, a quick little story. Um, Gwen McRae, I think her name is called Funky Sensation. Am I correct? Yes, that's one of her big records, right. yes. Right, yes. right. Well, that was a big record along with Reach at the same time. And so they, they had me to come down there, and I opened for her. And you know it's a New York crowd, bro. She went from New York. It's a New York crowd, and and reached just it was it was pandemonium. It was crazy, and so they loved it. Great, good performance on my part. Felt great. Came back in the dressing room, and I heard her manager. I never forget this. I heard her manager say, "Why didn't you tell us that guy was that good?" I never forget that as long as I live. Never, because I went on before her. Right now, her break was big. No question. Oh, but I don't think she really, was huge. It was a huge record. Huge, huge. But I don't think they realized how big Reach Up was in New it's York. For a New York crowd. That's, that was an anthem, exactly. though. Exactly, brother. I think they realized that. And then when they did, when they did, and then it was too late, baby. It was too late. It was already done. As we've already had the, done. I know, I know. As we've had the greatest gigs, we've also had those bloopers and blunder gigs. What was the one that hit ah. the worst for you that you said, oh, my God, this is so bad. But you would like to share us, share it with us. Because, oh, brother, there, there's a lot of them. But I'm going to give you the topper. <laughs> the um, topper. Celebrity Club. Celebrity Club. Harlem. On 35th Street. Uh, I, I, I get this, this suit design, blue suede. This is in the fall, like October, uh, October 83, I believe, something like that. And, and so I get this, this blue suede suit design, beautifully cut everything. Got some blue suede shoes, bro. 
I'm ready. A powder blue shirt. I'm ready to. I'm ready to dance tonight away and do my thing. Well, my brother's my romance at the time, Arnie Love. I get up on stage and we have a blast. My brother, I'm up on stage. The heel of my shoe comes off. Comes off, Lenny. So here I am, a dilemma. If you step down, you're going to look awkward. You're going to look <laughs> like this. You're going to look like this. So tell you what you're going to do, Tony Lee. You ain't stepping down. <laughs> so brother, I started hopping on the stage. <laughs> I hopped all the way to my dressing room, singing, reach up. <laughs> Everybody reach, reach to hopping, hopping. I never came down on two feet, brother. I never <laughs> did. And the people in the audience were like, look at his energy. And I was like, y'all don't know. I lost my heel. <laughs> and you ain't going to know I lost my heel. Right. So that, we know now. that was a, We know now. They know now, bro. They know now. <laughs> that, that was a major faux pas. Major. But I got to do it. I, I got so, to do it. So it was good. <laughs> so how long good. did the success of this record keep you in the limelight for, would you say? I would say... I would say about two years, about two years, um, because I got a chance to play all the clubs in the area and then go out to uh, go out to Jersey, Philly. I remember a club called the Library in Philly. I played that. Uh, Detroit, Chicago, not not Chicago, no Detroit, um, Florida, uh, places like that. So it started to slow down. I say around early '85. Early 85, it started to slow down a little bit. And at that time, uh, we were trying to get that next record, uh, that next hit record. Now, Love So Deep, go back a little bit, Love So Deep came out maybe eight months after Reach Up. But it didn't do as well, you know? It did okay, but it didn't do as well. So it didn't sustain the momentum, per se. And it went top 20. Love So Deep went top 20. But it didn't sustain the momentum like Reach Up did. You know what I mean? So I was still working off the Reach Up record. Yeah. That's that's tough when you're an artist and you really believe in the follow up and they just not it's just not locking in. It's just not locking in. Yeah. But but listen, I, I want to say this to you. You know, I I've I've been in this business over 35 years. So I, I've I've had my uh, uh, retrospective moments about my career and what things have happened, what what didn't happen. And sometimes you look back on it, brother, and you say to yourself, you know, because you're young. You know, your energy is up, you know, you're, you're out there, you're, you're playing it, everybody loves you, it's a great thing, but it's business, it's a business. And, and as much as I love Love So Deep and it was a good record, um, I'm a writer. So for me being a writer and, and, and writing Reach Up and writing You Ain't Really Down, uh, if I had to do it differently, I would have I done Love So Deep, but not as a second record. I would have continued and wrote another song, you know what I'm saying? And I was writing at the time. But it was just presented to us, and uh, and I just kind of went along with it. But understanding not how this business is writing, publishing, production, that the more you write, the more you establish your own sound. So you know, I would have done that differently. I, I would have done amongst some, some other things, but definitely that. So you at know? the same time, and I still love you, the Oh yeah. Oh sure. No no. Yeah. And yeah. Love so deep. It's a beautiful yeah. record. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't. It didn't yeah. have that that aura like Reach Up did. It's just, there's something about Reach Up. No, Everything's no, it right. It's, it's just good. Right. It's right. Good. Everything's it's right. Good. good record. Where does status quo yeah. come into play during this era? 
Status four, my brothers, my brothers. Um, great story, you'll love it. Uh, my cousin Derek, and was in a, was in a group. I didn't know what the group was, but he was in a group. And uh, at that time, reach up is flying. This is eighty three. This is didn't know. This is eighty two, uh, going into the fall of eighty two. And so um, he said to me, "I got a group." And he said, I, "He said you, you got to hear my group." And I'm like, "You know how people tell you I got a group, got to come down." Like, okay, man, all right, you know, like like I'm real busy, bro. <laughs> and I'm saying you're my cousin, and you know, I love you, but you know. Like what's going to be happening? You know what I'm saying? Am I really coming down to something, or you know, you, you know, let me know what's happening. Put my coat on this. I said no. He said we 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 can sing. I said all right. So at that time, uh, I'm living in Brooklyn, living in Park Slope, and they were in um, Best Eye. So I went down to their rehearsal, and uh, I remember, brother, like it was yesterday. It was a, a Thursday evening. I went to their rehearsal. I opened the door, and hear the guys. Right. The, Original guys, uh, Lorenzo Lawrence, uh, Sylvester McCain III, Jerry Brooks, and Derek White, my cousin. They had this mural of a, of a mirror. And on this mirror, they had hundreds and hundreds of beautiful women on this mirror. So I'm looking at this mirror, and I'm like, man, this is some, this is some inspiration, brother. This is say, who are these people? And they would tell me they were friends and girlfriends of theirs that, that would help them motivate them. I said, okay. I said, I, I said, I like your taste. I like your taste. So uh, I said, well, sing something for me. Lenny, they went, they went to sing. They sang for me 10 songs, acapella, 10 songs. By the time they got to song number three, I said, I'll be right back. I ran to the phone. Remember, with no cell phones, baby. I ran to the phone outside, called Eric. I said, Eric, you have got to hear this group. Because that is for they are incredible. So Eric said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, man." And so uh, I had a gig at Club Echoes in in Jamaica Queens, and I invited them to come down. They came down, and they 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 sang on on the bill with me. And Eric Matthew came down to see me, but he also came to see them. He loved them. He loved them. Their harmony was flawless. Lorenzo Lawrence, still to this day, a singing brother singing brother man and he sang most of the leads and so he loved them i loved them immediately brother i started thinking about them in terms of you know a, a record uh, my grandmother had a restaurant in brooklyn called utica open kitchen love you grandma up in heaven now and she had the uh, rec she had a the uh, restaurant there and on uh, utica between dean and pacific my niece and i are sitting outside and we're talking and she's telling me about some problems she's having with something. And she said, oh, uncle, you ain't really down. I said, what did you say? You ain't really down. It stayed, Lenny, that stayed. I went home that night at my dining room table and the story came, said you were my lady and your love was true. But as soon as I turned my back, baby, look what you go and do. You start sneaking and cheating, using me like a tool. Now I know the deal, I can see right through you. You ain't really down. I called Eric. Eric said, fantastic. Let's do it. The rest is history, brother. The rest is history. Wow. Imagine if you didn't go see your cousin in the group. Never would have never, right. never would have happened. No less your happened. niece, no less your niece saying you ain't really down. That's right. That's right. Never would have happened.
never would happen. So you talk about true stories. That's the truest story you ever gonna hear, because that's for real. Wow. You know what I mean? And and look at today, it's a it's a classic song, and the group is is you no know, legendary by this song. Go right. figure, brother. It's crazy. Go and figure. you found you found crazy. the group because your cousin told you to get yourself down there. And you yep. had to get from your yep. house to bed star. And that's like saying, man, you gotta go far to bed star. You're like, I ain't leaving far. <laughs> I ain't going up. You better, you better, you better have a crack. No bedside, yeah, you're like, I ain't going down over there. You better make sure you come have on, a I'm busy, man. Come on, bro. You know, and listen, I, I I'm from Brooklyn, baby. I'm from Brooklyn, born Brooklyn bread, kid. But uh, but but I went and uh, it's the best move I ever made, you know, uh, in terms of uh, a second record. And remember, Reach Up came out November 17th, 1982. Um, you Ain't Really Down came out, I believe it was like May 20th, 28th, 29th, 1983. So they're six months apart, right? So here comes Reach Up and doing all this stuff. And then here comes You Ain't Really Down and more. So just imagine that six month time period, brother, and how encapsulated that was of just creative music. Many days people have asked me, like, did you know? I said, man, let me tell you something. If I knew, right, what was gonna happen with those two records, I'd have wrote a million of those records. A million of them. <laughs> Reach up and you ain't really down, brother. How could you know, Lenny? You never know. They were the, the first, they were the first of their kind too, you have to understand. Yeah. The first of yeah. their kind. It's not like it's now in hindsight, you could say, I would have wrote a million of those records. You could have wrote right. a million of those records. It was just those two that popped out and made their yeah. mark. Yes. Yes. It's the truth, brother. You know, and, 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 and Eric, to his credit, when he played us the first demo that he demoed up of You Ain't Really Down, it was all right, but it was more a dance type of song per se. Then he went back in the lab, and this is all credit due to Eric Matthew. He went in the lab, brother, and he came up with a, a version that had Latin flavor. If you remember, 83, the dance music scene was evolving into that. You know what I mean? Where you had the Latin influence. So to me, he was ahead of the game because he had the, the doo-wop vocals and a Latin influence with, with, with a great groove, and it all worked. It worked, and to this day, brother, to this day, there is no other record that sounds like you ain't really down. No, it's true. None, and I've heard them all. None, not one, not one. Truly a unique record, truly. I hear that. So after this period goes, 84, 85, yep. 86, house music begins. Where are you in amongst all this going on as a change of the guards happen, music styles are changing. Where are you in your life at this point? Well, at, 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 at that time, um, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on, my, uh, on my second label. 85, I was on a, a label called Critique Records. Coming again through my good friend, Nikki Brady, who's always been a, a, a blessing to me. And I, I hope I to him. And um, he was with some people uh, called the, uh, uh, I think it was the Bernstein Publishing Group. And um, they, they wanted to record. So Nikki called me. And he said, well, listen, man, we want to do something with you. And, um, and we did a record called Teaser. I don't know if you ever heard it, but it was an R&B record on Critique Records out of Reading, Massachusetts. And the record was produced by them. Matter of fact, we did an album that was produced by Nikki Brady and Richie Basso. And um, 
and the Bernstein's were the executive producers, I believe. And uh, and we did the the, the uh, we did the single first teaser. It was an R and B thing, and it was it was cute. I was using my falsetto, and it had like a had like a great sound teaser. It had like a great sound with that, and I liked it. And um, and they sent it out to companies, and the one company that jumped on it was um, Critique Records out of Reading, Reading, uh, Massachusetts. And they loved it so much, man. They got that promo people behind it, and the record went top forty R and B. R and B, it did, and it, it afforded me the chance to travel around the country, man. I really the Southwest, you know, Vegas, California, uh, Houston, all those places, man. Miami, all those places that that I hadn't gone with the first record, because it was much more centralized in in the Northeast. But that record really broke out broke out and it was it was a big record for me so that and the album started to make noise and that's where i was in in, in 85 86 going to 87. wow yeah i remember that period that i remember yeah. that too i remember that that time there's a different times pre-house music r&b was making a yeah. mark again r&b was real strong at that time and things were changed the guard was changing things again you know it was like a different yes sound. it was during that period, did you ever make it abroad to Europe or UK for any dates and shows for your music at that stage? Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't realize, maybe until really in the 2000s, the magnitude of, of, of my, my original records, Reach Up, Young Bleed Down. I didn't realize how much those records meant to the European market. I did. And I really didn't have great management at that time. That's the other thing. So, they, I wasn't exposed to that. And it's ironic because my brother, as I said in the beginning of the show, Arnie Love, he had a song come out of your life and it was a mid-tempo track and it was number one on top. Remember Top of the Pops? Yes, and Top of the World Famous BBC. It, it was number one. Top, yep, BBC Top of Pops. Yeah, yeah, it was number one. And, and he never got to go there either because the um, management, he didn't have great management. And uh, I, I think, that's what stalled us both, really, of looking at the European market as a viable market, you know, as I do now. I mean, I, I know. But then I didn't know. And, and like you said, house music was emerging, and the records, they were, they were still being played in clubs and that kind of thing. Uh, but I didn't realize um, how the magnitude of what the European market was doing. You know, and that's, that's because of management, brother. Just be straight up with you. Sure. For sure. You don't have great management. Be a problem. Yeah, if you don't have someone looking after you, it's tough to know what's going on somewhere else, especially there was no internet back then. Everything was localized, it was not global as we are today. Right, right, for real, you know what I mean? But you know what? Life is a learning experience, brother. The longer you stay in the game, the longer you understand what the game is all about and, and how to maneuver your way, you know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm thankful for being a, in the game as long as I have, and, and always looking to strive and, and uh, do better and be better, you know? I hear Real. that. I hear that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So from that point to the point where you start to hear your vocal, once again, come back out. Someone manipulates your vocal and samples your track with your voice on it. And then yeah. it starts to make noise from the UK. Huh. What was that like? Brother? What happened there? Tell us about that experience. 
brother, 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 you talk about that was 99. And really, from 97 through 98, I was a little dormant. I was really trying to find myself and, and where I was in the, in the marketplace at that time. Because things change. The business changes. And so I didn't quite know. You know, I got a family at the time. I'm trying to, you know, make that happen. And uh, I went into my second career. My second career was men's clothing. I always loved to dress. I've been dressing since I was 10 years old. And, and my mother was a seamstress. And my father would, would love to be a haberdasher. He really loved to dress. So I love clothes. And I love seeing people look good. So during that time, I started being involved in men's fashions and working at, um, uh, was it, uh, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, that kind of thing. So that was holding me over, you know until something else would come through. And I remember some, you know, it's funny how the stories come back to you, man. It's 90, it's 99. And um, my brother calls me April 10th, Lenny. Never forget as long as I live. 1999. Uh, I'm not married at the time. I'm at a girlfriend's house. He calls me, says, man, something's going on with your record. I said, what record? He said, you reach out record. I said, what? He said, I don't know, man. He said, you got to call Eric. So I said, okay. So I give Eric a call and he tells me that these people, Fats and Smalls, who are now dear friends. At that time, I didn't know Fats and Smalls was from Adam. They sampled the Reach Up record and created a record called Turn Around. Right? At the time that I found out about it, Lenny, it had gone gold. It had gone gold. And I found out about it April. The record came out in September, October of 98. I had no idea, brother, none. So I found out about it. My lawyer at the time, and still as a, as a consultant to me, was um, Carl Guthrie. You remember Gwen Guthrie? Ain't nothing going on but the rent? Mm -hmm. Carl Guthrie is her brother. Okay. May she rest. So Carl, Carl, has, Carl, Carl has been my lawyer and consultant for over, over 25 years. So I told him what was going on. And we got in touch with the label out of London. It's called Multiply Records. And to find out, sure enough, true, bro, the record had gone gold. So they owed me money <laughs> already. And then we called everybody. Bro. We called all over the world to find out, because I didn't own the publishing, find out who owned the publishing for this music. We finally found out there were some people in, um, in Holland that owned it and sold it to people in Montreal. Okay, so that, that's, that's the gist of the story. And from there, uh, we sued Multiply Records. Uh, we got paid. We really got paid. <laughs> the record business has been good to me. And, uh, and from that, uh, the record started climbing, and uh, I started really doing other things. Um, I opened my own label. You know, I, I, I started working with different artists. So it was a new life, brother. It opened up a new life for me, you know? And, and then the record went on. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get the dark yeah. side. So this is a golden, there's a golden, there's a golden moment for you, but some darkness for some others. What do you mean the record was sampled and used without permission? Let's get that clear for people. Because, you know, you got some, you got some laymen here. I know what that means. Okay. But we have to make oh, yes. people understand. What did you mean? What do you mean they used your voice? What, 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 what are you talking about? As far as I know, there's only one record. It's called Reach Up. What's the turnaround record? Is that your voice on there? Well, Is that your voice on the well, record? 
uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, on the sample, you know, that's the that some people ask me, is that, the, is that the same guy? I says, I know it is, but they don't really understand what that means. They saw the video, they saw a young black man, yep. handsome, yep. fresh, yep. clean, good. Yep. You know, he's your, he's your man. He's Tony Lee as far as I'm concerned. So break it down, brother. That's right. Tell, tell us what All happened right. in pecking order. Well, brother, brother, I'm going to break it down to it's eternally broke. Okay, <laughs> the guy in the video was not me, so let's let's get that straight. You know what I mean? So that was a um, Millie Vanilli. Is that a Millie Vanilli moment? Without question, without question, bro, without question. And so, so they thought. Now I heard through the grapevine that the guys that did the record didn't know if I was alive or dead. No one knew, because no one had heard from me in about four or five years on a major label, on a major um, schedule. Of what was going on in the music business. So when they when they took the reach of record and sampled that part, uh, uh, the little the little part, hey, what's wrong with you? You're looking kind of down for me. They sampled that. Excuse me. Then what they did, they used the sample without permission. In other words, they didn't call me, a co-writer and the vocalist. They didn't call Eric, right? Co-writer producer. They didn't call nobody. They just did it, right? That like and that happens. That has happened a lot throughout this business. Unfair, unfair, without question. Because your material is yours. You you own it. ASCAP, the whole nine. How are you gonna take something that you don't own and use it, right? But they did. They did. And then the record, surprisingly to them, as as far as as us as well, the record hit, and it hit all over Europe, bro. All over Europe. I mean, it was big. When we got the last tally, it was 3.5 million copies. And it was on at least 50. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Cha-ching, ching-ching, baby. Ching-a-ling, ding-a-ling, ding-ching-ching. Listen, tell me about make it rain. No, baby, make it thunder. We get rain. Make it thunder, kid. It was it was a monumental Where the hell were you at that moment? Where were you? At Macy's? What were you doing? Ooh, I was and you know what? I think no. I was at Bloomingdale's. I was at Bloomingdale's. That's what the, the competition at Bloomies. That's right. But and here's the fun part, bro. I'm at Bloomingdale's in Long Island. I'm not even at Bloomingdale's in, in New York, in Long Island, in Roosevelt Field, actually. Oh, well, and I'm there. Not far from me. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right, Lenny. And Lenny, I'm there, and 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 me and my lawyer, we're going through, and and we're getting numbered, blah 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 blah. Well, brother, the first royalty check was fifty grand. 5-0, baby. 5-0. That was the first of many to come. And brother, you talk about a happy, a happy guy. I knew right then, Bloomingdale's, you ain't gonna see me no more. <laughs> I can know right there. Because we knew that from the, the royalty thing that we had talked about, that there was more royalties to come. We knew that. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so they sampled it, didn't tell us, but we were able to sue them and get paid. Okay? But in the same story, in the same story, when we talked to we, my lawyer, talked to Multiply Records and said, well, listen, what the best at least you can do is give us a gold record, since the record's already gone gold, right? At least send us a gold record, besides paying us, but send us a record, you know, to, to show your show your, your your goodwill, you know, in terms of where we at. You know what they told me, Lenny? No. We're, we're, we're in litigation with you. We ain't sending you jack. Really? Nothing. Okay. Okay. Um, now, let's bring it up a little bit. Let's bring it up. 
2019. We can go back, but let's bring it up. 2019, I get a call from uh, Jason Fats or Fats and Smalls from, from the UK. And he says, he says, Tony, we're coming into New York. By this time, you know, we had made amends because I didn't know him. He didn't know me. We were two strangers. But, you know, I got paid. He got paid. So all is well. You know what I mean? We, we're going to move on. And then maybe we'll do a project together. Who knows? But, um, but he said he's coming to New York. And he says he wants to do a documentary on status for myself. Right? Because of the new record, you know, Don't Stop, Keep Rising, which we'll talk about. You know, we'll get to that uh, we'll in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, yes, sir. The case and facts. Yes, sir. So, so, um, so I said, we said, I said, yeah, sure, come on in. So they came in, and we were with Tyrone Lowe on his show Legends, uh, out of Lehman College, and uh, he, the uh, Jay Fats and, and Jude Evans, they brought their their themselves there, and they were the crew, the filming crew as well, and uh, and we did a, a spot for um, Tyrone Lowe's Legends show which was fun, we had a great time. And uh, after that, they wanted to go to some of the different places that we went to, that we started from, in terms of you know, performing and started making records and all of that. So we took him, I took him to American Express, took him to uh, Brooklyn, different places. We took him up to Brandeis High School. We used to rehearse up there, status rehearse up there, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, uh, they, they're gonna treat us to dinner. We're gonna go to Junior's. And we said, okay, fine, we're in Brooklyn. I'm Brooklyn, let's go to Junior's. We go to Junior's, Jay Fat says, Tony, I got something for you. So I'm saying, after all this year, more money? Tell, tell me you got a check, bro. Tell me there's a check in your pocket. That make you feel good. <laughs> good. That make you feel real yeah, good. Come on, come on, tell me, tell, tell me something, bro. He said, he said, I'll be right back. I'm gonna turn so you can see it. You see this? Yes, sir. That's, that's the platinum record. All right. The record turned around. It finally so made it home. It made it home, right baby. It made oh, it baby. home. Give it a hand. Made, made it, it home. home. Made it home. A record. Made it home. So, a record. Wait a minute. So, a record that was yeah. written on the Alpha Train, A Train. Yes. A Train. Look what that record took you from yeah. the A Train back from Brooklyn to England and back. Yes. God bless you, brother. I happen to be good friends God with Jason. I happen to be good friends with Jason. And I know Russell really well. I know them a long time. There was no yeah. malice. I know there was no malice. They did what we all did. We yeah. honored all you guys. And we wanted to make great house records. And you guys had the voices. You were the, I, I say it again. You were the voice of our generation. Yes. The voice of our generation. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. For sure. And now, we need those other vocals for me to sample, make you some more money, more money, more money. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I was telling so Jay, sample the catalog, baby. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. can do it with that, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Sample everything. And he's a, everything. Every, he's a wonderful guy. And and Jay, his, his partner, uh, Jude Evans, beautiful lady. And we had such a great time, man. And they shot footage. Uh, for the documentary, because we were supposed We lost you. Hold on, Tony, we lost you, bro. Um, yeah, you got uh, Chicago for the big festival in uh, July of this year. But all that had to be put on hold because of COVID-19, you know. But meeting meeting Jay was, was uh, wonderful. 
a great guy, great person, and uh, and and he's the one that spearheaded this. He spearheaded that, and and I'm I'm forever eternally grateful to him for that. Now tell him I said, listen, let's do another one. You know, <laughs> we did one. Let's do another one, baby. We can do it. <laughs> we can do it. Well, the times are you know? right now again because you know, as we know, the 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 cycle of life comes back to where it always begins, and the '90s dance music scene was a culmination of the 70s and the 80s, the early part of the 80s. And now here we are in 2020, living in a pandemic and we're talking about making records and everybody wants that 90s sound. But when you go back to the 90s, you gotta go back 20 years prior to what we were doing right. back then. Right. So you fit it all, you fit all the boxes, brother. All the boxes. <laughs> now, I'm thankful, baby. I'm very thankful, for then, sure. And speaking with the pandemic, how are you living through this right now? What's your life now with going on? Oh, well, listen, brother, God has been good. I am I'm in great health, number one. Um, I'm, I'm living in Jersey. Uh, 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 have the townhouse situation. Uh, have my, my, my grandson and my, grand, and my daughter here with me. And it's, it's a marvelous time. It's a marvelous time. Um, I, I'm, I'm blessed, brother. You know, I, I, I'm in good health. I'm thankful. And, and during that time, let me go back a little bit. During that time of, of the record and going into the 2000s and, and all that time, I started a record label called TSRI Music. And out of that label came a couple of things. I'm going to show you. Um, I wrote Please. a book. Can you see the book? Heartfelt. It's called Heartfelt. Can you see it? Everybody, get Heartfelt. your copy. Get your copy of Tony Lee's Heartfelt. Get your copy. Heartfelt. Listen, thoughts and feelings from the soul is poetry, prose, and photography. Tony, pull the pull the book back a little bit more from the away from the cat. Thank you, people. Get your copy. Where can they get this? Can they get on Amazon Books? Where can they get it? Amazon? Amazon. Heartfelt from Tony Lee: The Stories of His Life and Music. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so we did that, and then, and then, uh, we we, we did some singles. Uh, I'm gonna show you a couple here. Uh, my brother Ani Love, right? We did an album called Expressions. Is, can you see it, Ani Love? Yes, yes, we can see Ani Love right there. Yes, I can see it. Remember, I threw this big record. I'm out of your life. Uh -huh. uh, remember, on yes. Five. This is a, this. We did a single an album with him. Uh, we did an album with Status Four. You hold it back. The same original guys. Okay, and this is on my label, TSRI Music Media. And, and this was a contemporary gospel album called Finally From God's Point of View. Right. And so, and we, we, we uh, remixed some of these songs uh, for a house version. So you might hear some of that coming out soon, okay? Okay. Um, this is my single. It's called um, Get Up With Faith Every Day. That's me, okay? And uh, this, this made some noise, it did, it did some good things. And then we had another status for a record called um, Oh, what was the name of this one, brother? God's Word, No Hustle. Okay, that was this record. And then, then my last record was called On Point, which is a record that's, uh, that's a, a gospel R&B kind of record. So in this two years, I went into uh, publishing and production of my own label and uh, was able to, to do some good things, you know? So, so how do you get the that, Italian? So how do you get the Italian stallion in your life, Victor Simonelli? Where is ah, he? Ah, we call him Stallion. He looks like John Travolta when he was younger. How do we get him in your life? 
It's true, brother. It's true. That's my man. The Italian Listen, that's Stallion. My Where do we find him? I hope he's listening. He's probably laughing. Okay. He's probably right now. If I, I know him, him, he's laughing. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I met him two years ago through my good friend, producer Paul Simpson. I was talking to Paul about something I wanted to do. And me, Paul, and, and Jay Mixon Dixon at the time was at Kiss. Jay's now in Philly. Yes. But, um, Another good guy. I, I, I had a, a great guy, my, a good, good brother and a very good friend. And um, I still don't touch him today. I spoke to him last week. And so uh, I, I had a, a record called um, uh, On Point. And what we did, we did a, a gospel house version of it. And, and Jay, Jay mixed it and produced it. And so with that record, it got some play in London. That was about two years ago. Uh, more than that, about three years ago now. And we got some play in London. And we, we did a couple of things with it. And from that, Paul introduced me to Victor. And I met Victor uh, in two, throughout 2018. I knew about him all the time as a big house cat and just a, a great producer and, and, uh, and a writer and, uh, and DJ, actually. And uh, met with him, me and him met at Junior's, back to Brooklyn again, brother, at Junior's. And we sat down and he said, I want to do a record with you. With you. He said, well, let's talk about this. Why don't you, me, you, and Status Four do a record together? And I was like, wow, that kind of uh, piqued my interest because I've written and produced music for Status Four, but we've never sang together. Right. So that was in the fall of uh, 2017, went to 2018. And so we talked about it and then we met him again and he, he offered us a, an opportunity to do it. And, and so we did it. We got together with him and it's one of the greatest things that we've ever done, you know? And so, and now, as you know, uh, the record is, 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 is uh, now uh, number 11, the 18 new mixes on the UK chart. So, yes, on the know, Music Week Club chart. Let's give you applause on that. Everybody, he's broken through the Music Week Club chart. Tony Thank Lee you. at Status 4 with Victor Simonelli on the production skills. Let's give it up yes, for those sir. boys. Yes, sir. You know, yes, we sir. always he, joke he, about the Italian boys are as black as the black boys because these Italian, <laughs> including myself, we've made some great yes, records sir. over the years, and our records seem to be more on the soulful side. So it goes towards that direction. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, brother. And, and, and I, I'm thankful for Victor because me and Victor are, 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 I think, five days apart. Victor's September 7th. I'm September 12th, right? So, so it's the Virgo power. We're together, brother. That's and, funny because uh, I'm the 21st. It, Wow. You're the 21st? Yes. <laughs> yes. Virgo in the house, son. Virgo is what we do. Yes. That's what we do, brother. <laughs> Listen, that's why we've been around so long. See, that's the reason, brother. You know, the power, baby. Well, uh, and, yeah. Virgos you know, have been told we're perfectionate, too. We're very perfectionate in what we do. Without question. We have without to be question. perfectionate. Without question, brother. Without question. If, if I'm going to do it. And detail. Yeah. Yep. Has to be right. It's got to be right. You know what I mean? It's got to be right. Uh, so working with Victor has been a, a blessing. He's incredible to work with. And, uh, and we wrote this song, Victor, myself, and Derek, uh, called Don't Stop, Keep Rising. And we actually were recording it uh, transatlantic because Victor was in the studio in, in the UK. And I'm, in, I'm at my house at the time living in Westchester. And I'm there. And we're kicking ideas and stuff back and forth to each other over the phone. It was the most, the most fun I've ever had recording anything. 
ever. But did you ever think? Did you ever think you'd be working like that? Back, you know, coming from where you come from, and back in the time with the nope. traditional setup, to you're working with telepathic Skype or whatever you're working through the phone and talking and seeing each other. It's crazy, right? Crazy. No, never, never, brother. But but I tell you this, Lenny, it was invigorating. It was invigorating. It really was. The ideas were flowing and popping, bro. You know what I mean? They really were. And, and I, I feel we came up with a great record. And a record uh, whose time is really coming forth now. You know, because the record was released last November, but it was number one in the UK in January. And then all of this hit. So, you know, we, we're looking for the record to do some big things. You know, it's, it's a record of that whose time has come. You know, what, what better way to describe how we can move forward as a people, as a nation, as a world, than saying, don't stop, keep rising, you know, rise through um, COVID-19, rise through uh, racism, you know, rise on through Black Lives Matter and have people uh, be accountable for who they are and be able to, to, to be strong as we move along. So you know let me I mean? stop you right there, brother man. So I asked this question to CC Rogers and other, you know, CC was another big vocal like yourself, another, you know, he came up through house music. His record was Someday mm -hmm. that Merlin Bob signed in Atlantic at that time when Marshall Jackson. Right. Okay. So I asked him about how is he feeling with the movement going on right now? Because you all grew up at the time when it was first time around. So now we are yes. here at BLM now here at this time. How are you, are you seeing a difference, a change? You really believe we're going to see changes now. Where are you feeling this yeah. is going? Okay. Um, yes. Yes, I do. I, I do feel that, 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 we're, um, that, that we're, we're about to, change is about to come because, because young people are saying enough is enough. Whatever was laid in the past, uh, 50 years ago, racism, bigotry, all of that, young people, young white people are saying enough is enough. It was by no coincidence that we were all home to see the murder of George Floyd. That wasn't by coincidence, brother, at all. You know what I'm saying? It was, we had to all, all of us as a people, take a look at this and see how racism and bigotry still lives in America today. So by being able to see it, I think people said, okay, I, I can't run away from it anymore. I, I, I can't look the other way. I've got, to, I've got to pay attention to this and be a part of the change that's going to make the world better and not, not worse. Now, in saying that, uh, in this past summer, I've been writing a lot of poetry. It's been a part of who I am. And if you would allow me, my brother, I have a piece that I like to read, which will kind of sum up some of my feelings about what's going on today and, and the racial tension and tone of where we are in the world and where we are. Is it possible I could do that? Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Lee will give you his poem of what we're dealing with with life today. Please, by all means, Mr. Tony, lay it down. Thank you, sir. The poem is called, In These Troubling Times, So Much On My Mind. In these troubling times, there's so much on my mind. Righteous anger, police brutality, time after time, what do we do? Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Stand up and care about what's happening to us, to you, America. 
16 violations. Where's the accountability against a white officer who should have been gone a long time ago? The process must be changed or things will remain the same. Rioting and fires, Lord, please, please take us all higher. We need a new normal in justice today. As much as we're different, brothers and sisters, we're all the same. We feel the same pain. How would you feel if that knee was on your brain? Selah. Beautifully well, well written and well said. Thank you, sir. Thank and you. one thing, right, one major point you did mention, which is very clear. And we've, yes. I've spoken to my other friends of color of all races, and we've all said the same thing. Yes. This is the first time you see all these white kids together screaming. Yeah. It's no more. No more. No more. No more. No more, bro. No more. So, so it, it, for me, the poetry has been an outlet, you know, to say some of the things that are on my heart. Uh, I've always been very blessed to be uh, an artist in music and to say things that can be uplifting, you know, that, 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 that can be spiritual in its intent, but also giving you courage and giving you energy, positive energy to be able to move forward, you know. Uh, reach Up was a big part of it. Now we've, we've got the point where we're saying, don't stop, keep rising, you know, and, and we're saying that we can go further together than we can apart. So, you know, let's, let's look to make this world a better place. If you listen to the lyrics of Don't Stop, Keep Rising, you'll you understand what I'm can saying. You sing a little, can, you know, you, can you sing a little bit of that for us? Let those people here, let, the, let your fans <laughs> hear you sing it. Come on, clear that throat, brother, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can try to give, <laughs> give you a little bit. All right, let me see. Hey, it's all in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep reaching. Huh. Oh, come on, you can. Ooh, you can. Woo! Don't stop, keep rising. Huh. Don't stop, keep rising on. Don't stop, keep rising up. Don't stop, keep rising on. On and 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 on. Hey! All right, Tony Lee with his current single, You Ain't Really, the status for, I can say you ain't really down, I'm okay. With status for, <laughs> he's together working with them. And he's also sure. running the record label. And the next question I wanted to ask was, which is most important, yeah. who's pulling, this, who's pulling the, the strings on this record label? Like who's making the decisions to go and make this record go to England? Who's, who's running this ship? Are you the captain? Well, Do you have somebody else. Yeah, well, well, listen, listen, captain, co-captains. Um, you know, Victor Simonelli has been nothing short of a blessing for us. His connections all over Europe uh, have been legendary, and uh, and he's working with I think the brother's name is Mark Loverush, who does promotions over in the UK and and, and the dance and the house market, and uh, his his label Baseline Records, which is Victor's label. Uh, we're working with him on this record with that. And uh, he's, he's been really making some great things happen, you know. Uh, also coming into play is this documentary 
that we're going to be doing with uh, Jason. Fett. I heard this before. What is this documentary? You got to explain this again. People need to understand. Well, 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 we, well, you know, as it was explained to me, uh, basically, it's uh, a documentary on the career of, as they say, legends, Tony Lee and Status Four, coming from the uh, Reach Up, You Ain't Really Down uh, time frame, and moving on through that and the things that are going on in our lives and how we, we've lived the messages that we sing. So that's the premise of it. And so uh, they were very elated with the, with the starting success of Don't Stop, Keep Rising, they being uh, Jay Fats and his partners. And so they wanted to do a documentary on us. And they approached us and we said, we think it's a good idea. And, and we did some shooting. We, we're far from, from a few, from, from, being, from, from it being over per se, but we're in the midst of it. And, and we're looking forward to doing it and finishing it. You know, and that's going to be something else that's going to, you know, work along with promoting the new record and things that we'll be doing. So, you know, hats, hats off to, to Jay Fats. Congratulations, you know? Jason Fats. You know, I'm going to ask you about that. You'll be on here soon if you're watching. <laughs> oh, good. Mr. Fats. Good. Where's Fatty Man? But the weather, <laughs> the weather Fats, Tony, Fatty Man. that's right. The weather Tony speaks to the young Tony. When I mean weather, means yes. the wiser to the better. What would you tell the young Tony, you know, you got to go in a time machine, go back ah, in time. Ah, what would you tell that ah, young man, that young man coming out, that young buck? Listen, I, listen, I, I got to take my glasses off for that, brother. <laughs> I got I to got, I got, I got, I get back into Purple Haze, baby. All right. <laughs> Purple Haze now. There you go. <laughs> I would tell him to keep God first in your life, stay grounded on what you believe in, live your life so that your light can shine, uh, stay true to yourself as an artist. Let, don't let success or anything else take you away from your artistic soul or what is you believe in. Know the business of music because no one's gonna take you by the hand and cradle you and just, and just protect you from the big bad wolves of the of the music business because there's greed and and all kinds of nasty things involved in the music business so you have to understand that you, you gotta you gotta uh research it you gotta know what it is you know i've researched music for the past hundred years so i can tell you where some of it comes from and you gotta understand what it is that you want to achieve and then stay focused and go ahead and achieve and don't let anything stand in your way because it's your gifts, it's your talents, it's your abilities that God has given you. And you want that to shine. You want it to shine. And you want it to make an impression on people from a positive perspective. You know, right now I have a project, and you know very well a lot about this linear with a, a good friend of mine coming out of Pittsburgh. And, uh, and, and we were talking about the Brother K Grooves, and we have an RB project that we're currently working around with and I came to your studio and just demoed up some ideas and stuff and we got some ideas we want to keep working and we will and uh, the, the primary concern for us is to make sure people understand love love and the power of love you know uh, and, and that's important to me that's important to me because I think that's what's missing today you know yeah, uh, just everybody loving each other and understanding the power of love so I would say to the young me you know stay focused you know, keep keep going, uh, treat people as well as you can, you know, be the best person that you can and uh, let, let, let it shine through your art. 
you know, and, so, and be, a, be a good business person. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. how does Tony Lee stay relevant now? What's Tony Lee staying right? How does he keep relevant now and fresh? Hmm. Well, I, I think one of the ways, in many ways I do, but uh, one of the ways of staying healthy, you know what I mean? Um, about six years ago, I lost 57 pounds and I haven't gained it back. So, so eating right, right, has been a big part of it for me, right? So it's been hard through this COVID thing because I'm not as active as I was, let's say, two or three years ago. But eating that, like, like, like if you were here, brother, I'd offer you some grapes, some blueberries, <laughs> and some strawberries, brother. <laughs> no Kentucky Fried Chicken? No Kentucky Fried Chicken, baby. Or, or some, how, about, how about some nice, uh, hold on a second. How about a nice cup of, let me turn the labor around. Green tea. How about <laughs> that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, the relevant part person of me today is a person that's caring. You know, I'm concerned about the world I live in. I'm concerned about my art and having it touch people uh, in a positive way. Uh, I'm also a mentor in a program called Young Men of Character. I've been involved in it for six years now. And the Young, young Men of Character uh they're young boys between the age of nine and 12 and they're out of middle school in brooklyn all right and uh and uh working with them uh eagle academy and that's been a real mainstay for me i've been doing this six years and it's been a blessing for me for sure because i want to i want to help young boys grow into young men and 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 know that know that they, they can do great things uh, i was friends with uh, associate with Chadwick Bozeman, God rest his soul. And he went to my church. He went to MLBC in Brooklyn, Mount Lebanon Baptist Church, and got a chance to talk to him a couple of times. Great guy, great yeah, guy. No, and just very you know, young. sad, saddened by his, by his passing. Young. Very young guy. They're young, too, young too, too, too young, bro, too young. But it really should teach us all about health and how important that is, you know, and uh, and, and, and really just, going forward and trying to live uh, a good life. I, I took me right now, I'm in act three. It's act three, I'm in, my, I'm in my sixth decade. I'm in act three of my life. And so I'm looking to make act three the best, the best act ever. And uh, I tell all my friends, I want one more multi-million seller around the world and it's gonna touch people and uplift people. And then you can call me in, in Hawaii on the beach <laughs> and I will answer your call when the waves come through, because I'll be chilling, as they say. But uh, yeah, what makes me relevant, brother, is just looking at life and, and wanting to continue to do things that make life better, not only for myself, but for my family and for friends and for the world. And I try to do it through my art. So well taken. Is that you? Is that picture on the wall there? What is that picture I keep seeing uh, left or left? Okay, now, you want me to turn? Turn and tell the people that I've been seeing that picture. This one right here? Yes, sir. Okay, this this is with Joey Carvello, the DJ, the maestro himself. From and this Madison is Square behind Square Madison Square Garden in 2017. And, and, and they were having a club night every Thursday night, and Joey invited me to come down. Okay? And I came down, and I sang a little bit of Reach Up. And there was someone in the audience that took this picture. Okay. Uh, and photo. Yeah, right there. That's a great photo, man. Great photo. So, you know, I, I, I asked her, could I, could I use it? Is it possible? 
and I got it blown up. And now this is something I want to use around the world, you know? So that, that's me and Joey Carvello, Madison Square Garden behind us, and a whole bunch of folks reaching up. Okay? All right. <laughs> and, so and take, us picture, down, take us down to the next picture. Go ahead. All right. Uh, uh, now, can you see this picture here on the end? Can you see this? Yeah, I see the gold frame. It's hard to see. Yet, wait. Yes, now I can see it. Yes. Who's in the picture? All right. That is my mother and my grandmother. Oh, wow. And they, she had a restaurant, Utica Open Kitchen, where I wrote some of the first lyrics of You Ain't Really Down in her restaurant in Brooklyn. And if you can see, I'm going to get real close. You see this poster? Cool in the Gang. Cool in the Gang, New Breed, 1966 at the Brooklyn Albee Theater, I believe. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Wow. Amazing, right? Wow. <laughs> Amazing, brother. Those are moments. Uh, May, and, and I have one more. Those are moments. Those are moments that you treasure. Well, listen, this here, if you can see, can you see it? Uh, yes, the two, the two women in your life. I see in yes. front of you, yes. This, this is my daughter, Tanisha on the right, my oldest daughter, and my daughter, Karina, on the left. Oh. Okay. God bless you. God bless. Thank you, brother. Loves, loves of my life. Both of them. And I have two grandchildren. My, my, um, my granddaughter, let me turn back around. My granddaughter, Jada, is six, and my grandson, Patrick, is 22. So, now it ain't just for me, bro. Act three. It's Act three. That's that. That's it. it. Listen, listen. It's for now. My successes, even more so, are for La Familia, which is which is my family. I hear my you. My children. Tell me something. You know do you believe in? Do you believe in this this antiviral thing that we're gonna have this this uh, uh, miracle drug that they're talking about with this pandemic? You think it's possible? You think it's real or what? It, it, I think it's, I'm sorry, say the question again. I didn't hear the, um, the vaccination. Do you think it's really, yeah. think it's a fugazi type of thing? What do you think? No, I, I think that they're going to come up with a vaccination for sure. I think that, I think you have some, some very dedicated people right now who are working on this thing. Because this, my own personal opinion, this was an ep epidemic, a pandemic that came to the states that could have been avoided. That's my own opinion, not anybody else's. Uh, because people were saying it came here in February, March. No, that's a lie. I believe that was here ever since September, October. Because, because we let millions of people come in this country that didn't know they had it. That's number one. They didn't know they had it. And by the time they got to these shores, right, it started to spread. And sadly, we've lost a lot of people. That people who are just normal everyday people. I lost two or three people in my church who are just wonderful people, man. Wonderful people. Uh, one, one uh, uh, Lloyd Cornelius Porter, uh, and his brother's a great jazz singer, and uh, he, his, his brother was lost to it uh, in April, and that hurts, that touches my heart, bro. So I think that there's going to be a cure. Yes, yes, I do. And I think it is time. And I hope that the, the elections don't get in the way of, of what we have to do as, as a nation. We, we have to rise further, you know? We do, and so I'm I'm hoping and praying, brother, and and getting people to vote. <laughs> I'm doing all that at the same time. <laughs> I'm saying it's because I'm staying proactive. Because you, know? you because even with our our music industry, 
all around. If you're in yeah. any recreational yeah. sport, anything, it's pretty much all the income has been decimated. All of it. You can't you yes. can't have any kind of recreation right now. And we live off of right. recreation. Our job is to yeah. re recreate that feeling of your happiness. We can't do that right yeah. now. None of us can. Well, you know, I, I, I'm saying this. I, I had a meeting with the guys the other night, and we talked about it. And I'm saying we have to find creative ways to do it. It's not easy now. It's not the simple way that we would have done it, you know, three years ago, four years ago. But through Zoom, what I'm doing with you now, and 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 through the process of uh, being able to have social distancing and being able to, to go to different places and bring a positive message that people need it. That's why it goes back to, for us, don't stop, keep rising. Because it's the message of the world today. The world needs this message. I truly believe that, I really do. I think it was created from us so that we can, we can be a part of uplifting the world in a positive way. So I, I'm hoping and praying and working towards that fact that we want to we want to keep this message up, uplifting people going forward. You know, so that's all we can do, brother. Keep working, baby. Keep, keep working. working, brother. Some of your keep beautiful. Working, some of your some of your one of your first was well, one. I should say her her first producers was you. Paula Brion had said hello. She was screaming through the through the chat. She's like, that's my, that's my musical family right there. That's my musical family. What's up, Paula Gay? What's up, Paula? That's my girl. She, she was our first artist, myself and Eugene Bussey. My our first artist uh with Skies the Limit Productions in 1989. That was our first artist, man. And and we produced her and the record excuses, and we took it to Monica Lynch. And Tom Silverman wasn't there, Tommy Boy Records, he wasn't in that day, but Monica was there. And Tom Hoover, who used to work with D-Train, I believe. That's right, Tom I guess it, Tom Hoover worked with D-Train. Right? That's right. Am I right? That's correct. And he was, he, was, he, was, he was alumni of the Knicks, he used to play ball for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he heard it, and uh, he was instrumental in helping us at, uh, put a deal together for Paula uh, at Tommy Boy. And uh, we love Paula, she's a great vocalist, and, and a beautiful woman of God and always moving forward. So Paula, love you, love you. Also, let me mention uh, uh, my assistant and, and uh, uh, a wonderful person who works with me, uh, beautiful lady, uh, Tyra Lynette Frazier. You met Tyra. Wonderful person, today. everybody. Tyra, Tyra keeps it together for him. Keeps it all together. Yeah, yes, she does. That's it. Tyra, Tyra keeps it together. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And, 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 and she's, a, she's, she's a remarkable person in her own right. And, and she's, uh, she helps me with all the things we're doing here and Facebook Live and all the stuff we're doing. We have a new website coming out called www.talkingwithtony.com. And that's also the name of the Facebook Live page that we do uh, at least once a month. So those are, those are some of the newer things that are happening. Uh, and then with the poetry, uh, we're going to re-release the book that I showed you. And we're going to change some things and add some things to the book. Because uh, that book actually came out 2004, 2005. So we're going to change some things and reissue that. So there, there's a lot on the works. Also, I write stories and I write scripts, ideas for scripts.